Hey everybody, welcome to the Futurology Show. You are here with B2 Brett Lindsay, the digital philosopher, and in studio with me, we have Mr. Michael Cowan. To be here again. Oh, we Good go. week. Try that again. Oh, right. Sorry. We, we, did you cut me off before I, we even got going? I didn't know the fader has to be up in order ah, to get to okay. Technology d- buttons, knobs, and dials. And, well, I hope it's not a sign of the next hour to come because no, we do have a The future is looking bright. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in fact, we're so bright it's actually gone dark. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but hi, everyone. Fantastic to be here again. Um, and and I'm, I'm really excited about today's show, Brett, yes. because... Um, I've had a really a hard week because we're moving offices and, and the processes and, and the struggles we get caught up around process flow and, and how people hide behind um, procedures and, and how inhumane and cruel it makes average workers who probably go home and their husbands still still do kiss them. Oh, yeah. We have the right guy to work with us in the studio this oh, week. Oh, yes. Yep. Justin Kutz here. It's all about the agile world. It's all about the world where things move fast. Uh, and, and we try, we test, we do, and we make, how, how do we say that? We get shit done. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to the studio, Justin. Thank you. Excellent. So your mic is on. We'll be talking some, uh, some crap to get us started. But ultimately, the topic of today is the future of agile. We're talking about how does Lean Startup actually help businesses today function faster so that they're ready for the future. Uh, we'll be talking about design thinking. We'll be talking about new ways of working, which is pretty much what you're all about at Igniter. Great. Yep. That's right. Excellent. And on the line, we, we have B1 all the way from Australia. B1, are you there? Are you there? Nope. I'm in. There he is. Hey. Eight hours ahead of us and delayed eight seconds behind us. Yeah, you there? (laughs) Nine hours. Nine Nine hours. hours. You you sound (laughs) tired, Brett. It's been a long day. Uh, No, I haven't been moving offices like you have, huh? Just continents. (laughs) Just continents, yeah. How's your cavity, Brett? I'm... (laughs) <laughs> no, that's long time gone, but I've been here three weeks already. They can't find me yet. It's oh. the spiders I'm worried about. Okay, I yeah. thought that was standard practice for Australians, but anyway. Excellent. So, B1 for no, all no, of you no. listening. We eat the sheep here, buddy. That's why they're in New Zealand. <laughs> B1 for all of you listening has moved down under and is in the Australian continent. So, uh, any perspectives that you have uh, on agile startups and thinking that uh, add to the topic, give us a perspective from what's happening in Oz. And uh, we'll go from there. But I think so I tell you, yeah. it's actually sorry, sorry, but I thought there was a question. So uh, I never ask questions. I just <laughs> lead in with thought. <laughs> oh, there we go. So I thought there was a thought. Um, I spent the whole day today with a team talking about agile and efficiency and how to restructure and replan okay. in a corporate world. So it's a very, very apt topic tonight. Okay. Or today, right? Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still very much midday here in the, in the sunny side. <laughs> these people know it's live. I yes. mean, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, I think before we start, there's, uh, we're talking about agile methodologies. We're talking about uh, lean startup, but we're trying to make it understandable for the people that are listening. Yeah. Not everybody understands uh, what agile means, what lean startups actually are, uh, design thinking. Does that mean I think while I design or design while I think? What does this mean? So maybe, Justin, if you want to just kick us off with what is a, an idea of agile and lean? Well, hopefully you're thinking most of the time that you're doing your work. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, the basic premise of a lot of these things is really around an iterative approach to to building anything. So whether it's you're building a new process, a, a new product, a new way of working. So agile and lean startup are really just around um, creating that sort of iterative approach to stuff. And, and the key disciplines there are really, instead of 
traditional approaches, which are sort of big design up front, um, big budgeting up front, and then you know several months, even years later, you finally get to market with this new product or this this new concept, um, whether it's a startup or in, in a large corporate, um, and then only realize oh crap we've built the wrong thing yes. no, no one wants to buy this no one wants to pay any money it's a very expensive lesson absolutely and, and it happens time and again and, and you won't even you won't even know how often it happens because companies especially large companies put massive marketing budgets behind these things so on the surface they appear successful but you look 12 18 24 months later and suddenly that product's not around anymore Yes, um, and you, everybody wanted why yeah and so uh, you know 70 million 100 million sometimes more later those products just disappear and so the whole premise here is really quick cycle times around going from idea to ultimately commercializing a product and killing something along the way. Yes. So um, if you've got a bad idea, rather find out sooner than exactly. later. Fail fast, learn quick. Exactly. Yes. So um, mm. so a misconception people often have is that agile or lean you know, is cheaper and faster. And that's, that's not strictly speaking true. It happens on occasion. Um, but people get it wrong. They try and now just be cheap. And that's not what Agile or, or, or Lean Startup's about. It's really about saying, you know, what's the smallest piece of a solution we can build or an idea we can build to start testing value, right? And yeah. value is in the yeah. eye of the beholder. So, so value means anything, um, whether it's changing someone's life, whether it's someone will actually pay for this product or service, whatever value is, what's the smallest thing we can, we can build to determine value? And sometimes that's just a PowerPoint presentation, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, we also another topic we've thrown or concept we've thrown in here is lean startup. So yeah. we're speaking about agile, the ability to sort of move with failure quickly and iterate mm-hmm. as fast as possible. But with that is the lean startup mentality. Now, for those of you listening, there is a book by Eric Ries called The Lean Startup, right. and I think he's probably dubbed maybe the founder of this idea of new way of thinking. Is that right? Wrong? Or you guys got a different? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends on where you got into this. So yeah. you know, his mentor was a guy called Steve Blank. Yes. Uh, and Steve Blank's work is um, based on a couple of other thought leaders before that. So it depends how far back you want to go. But yeah. but certainly Eric Ries is the one that's popularized this idea of lean startup. And okay. and really what he's done is he's taken the customer development stuff that uh, has been popularized by Steve Blank and he's added the agile software development capability. And that ultimately is what lean startup is. Okay, fantastic. Um, one of the big things that so at at Big Brave we use uh, the Lean Startup uh, methodology as well, the build, measure, learn iterations, where mm. there's always an opportunity for continuous improvement. Yeah, uh, and uh, work for an MVP, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, but at least you get to something uh, sooner. What's happened though in the new way of thinking is that the client becomes a little bit more, a lot more involved. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a that's a key area to look at. So what I'd like to do throughout the mm. show is let's look at how fundamental business has been shaped. And, and how lean startup and agile thinking, design thinking, um, these new methodologies are shaping things up, shaking things up at the moment and mm. what it's going to do for the future. Mm. So what have you realized in, at Ignite? I mean, you guys, you're taking young businesses and, and growing the ideas into something a little bit more fully fledged, uh, so they, 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 they withstand the, the market. Yeah. So I think the first thing is guys don't often like to, to, uh, um, sort of act on the messages they're getting. So because it's very data-driven, you know, you design a experiment, as we call it, or you determine what, it, what information you need to inform your next decision. So if you take that build, measure, learn, feedback loop, you kind of look at it backwards and say, okay, what am I trying to learn? And so if I'm trying to learn X, what is it I need to build or do in order to gather data to inform X? Yes. 
And then I go and I build this thing. And so that's the build, measure, learn. So once I've determined what I want to learn, how am I going to learn it? What do I need to build? I then build, I measure, and I take that data and I learn from it. Yes. And what we've come across um, often is guys that don't like what they see. Right. So they have this wonderful idea. It's like, you know, your, your firstborn child. You, no one wants to hear that their child's got a big nose or something like that. <laughs> and so when the data comes yeah. back and says, look, your child's got a big nose, you just want to ignore it. Um, and that's where we find most of the challenge in, in working with organizations. Um, big companies, often you get the, the execs that say, oh, we've been through this all before. We've heard this stuff before. You know, there's nothing new here. And, Fundamentally, there's definitely some new stuff, but yes, in, in a lot of ways, companies have been doing things like this in the past, right? Which is the key thing here is customer centricity. So the information you're gathering is informed by customers. Um, whether that's direct through, you know, the, the data you gather or indirect through the actions that customers take, you're still getting informed by customers. Now, you go back 20, 20 odd years before the internet and email. Yeah. That's the way you did business. You spoke to customers. You figured out what they wanted and you developed a product for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's not new. No. And so that's why many, you know, senior execs are right. A lot of this stuff's not really new, mm. um, in principle. But fundamentally, the way we do business today has been changed by the internet and technology. Yeah. And we've got lazy. Yeah. So we think we'll just build something because it's easy. You know, we can do anything with technology. So let's just build it and they will come. Yeah, and that's not what that's not, that's not really what no, happens. It's not, but but Justin, the idea of lean startup, it was really around. It comes out of the technology space, and and it's really around the the world of getting a product to market, as opposed to really how how we how we run broader businesses per se. And and I sure. did a I did a bit of a search on on Amazon just to have a look at this because I wanted to find the lean marketing approach, and I wanted to find the lean. Uh, XYZ approach. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all very focused around the idea of product. Mm-hmm. Now, we live in a world that has become incredibly fast and, and things are moving, um, at, at great speed. And lean has become very, very prevalent. Can, can I understand from you in terms of how organizations changing their thought processes as opposed to just the small entrepreneur? Because it's, it's not just the small entrepreneur. I'm correct in saying that. Aren't yeah, I? absolutely. I mean, you got, You've got 150-year-old organizations like General Electric doing this now. Okay. Um, you've got IBM, who I think is also 150 or 120-odd years old. Uh, they're training up over 300,000 staff on design thinking. Okay. You know? So you've got these massive, traditionally very old organizations that yeah. are absolutely applying this and, and doing so very successfully. Okay. Cool. I, I can tell you who didn't do it was Kodak. Yeah. What's that? Design thinking. <laughs> sure. No, they just didn't iterate. They just thought they were cool. <laughs> yeah. We've made the thing that'll last forever. Yeah. We have. And the world will not evolve. Yeah. So sure. we've, we've touched on another concept, which is design thinking. Yeah. Now, it's nice to put two words together and say it a lot and hopefully it becomes a buzzword. But what does design thinking actually mean? So I need to obviously just uh, clarify. We, we are not true design thinking experts. I mean, so if you're wanting to uh, be skilled up on true almost um, – What's the word I'm looking at? Dogma on design thinking. That's not who we are. We've, what we look at ourselves is a company that looks at all the various tools and techniques that are out there and we try and 
figure out what tool or technique is most applicable to what you do. Mm -hmm. So I may get shot down here by some design thinking uh, bigots, but um, (laughs) the basic premise that we work on is design. The design thinking is to take a very human centered approach to, to the solution um, that you're trying to build um, and design it from the user's uh, view sort Mm. of art instead of from your organization's uh, view art. And so there's, a, there's a, a number of tools and techniques within the design thinking practice itself. So depending on if you're really trying to come up with something really new um, that uh, you, you just know there's this problem, mm-hmm. but you don't actually have any clue on how to solve the problem or any ideas, um, then you start with uh, ethnographic sort of approach to it. And, yep. and that's quite key in design thinking. What, what, what's that word mean? So basically, you sit down. I'm, I'm just, slow. Sorry, Just. You're, you're going to have to help me through this process. <laughs> you just you just observe people and, okay. and how they do stuff. So that's our internal focus group. So I am. I am. <laughs> yeah. Bob. So <laughs> I mean, back. some some nice examples of recent companies. Intuit. I don't know if you know Intuit. Yes. The QuickBook guys. Yes. So that's what they did. They basically um, got staff to follow people home and watch how that's they right. they did some of yes. their personal financing and from that they developed a, a, a product I, I can't recall the exact product name but was it QuickBooks I'm not sure it was QuickBooks I think QuickBooks was around already I think it was something one of their new tax okay. uh, related products um, but they they applied an ethnographic approach um, and many other companies have done that but sometimes you maybe see a new problem and you have some ideas on how to solve that problem and so then you'll use a little less of the sort of stricter design thinking approach um, and you'll go to some of the sort of faster design thinking approaches, mm. which is, hey, let's go talk to people. I've, so, I've got this idea of a problem. Yeah. Let me just interview someone around yeah. the idea I've got. And you, and you ask questions in a way that you're not leading the, the potential user or customer to give you an answer of how, you know, how potentially to solve the problem or yeah. what their views are on, on your idea around yeah. solving You try not to frame or to innovate in a bubble. You're trying to exactly. get outside yeah. perspective. Yeah. So there is a, I've got a, a nice sort of definition here according to Wikipedia of design thinking. So I'll read sure. that for those of you that aren't familiar with it. Design thinking refers to the creative strategies designers utilize during the process of designing. Design thinking is also an approach that can be used to consider issues and resolve problems more broadly than within professional design practice. And has been applied in business and social issues. So it's not just if you're a graphic designer sitting out there saying, hey, I'm a graphic designer. I've got design thinking. Mm-hmm. There are developers coming through with design thinking. Absolutely. There are solution architects mm. and social impact solutionists that are coming up with design thinking. Mm. How it actually impacts or what it actually feels like to the people using the solution Absolutely. when it is actually in market. Yeah. Can, can, can I add to that? Because I think it's a, it's a really important point. Because I think what, you, what you're doing, Justin, is not um, – limited to, to, to a kind of a startup innovative world because at the end of the day, if I look at marketing today, mm. it's, it's not about products and, and services. It's actually about the experiences that you create for people that don't, that, that are within the organization as well as outside of the organization. And you, you use the word human centered. Mm. And and H2H, it's back. It's back. It's back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It is real. It, it truly is. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you, you know, what's going to differentiate you from anyone else is the quality of the experience yes. that you create. But I, I, And I also think what, what, what makes this so, so important 
is you're the only one who can create the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the only husband my wife will ever love because I'm the only one who is me. You know, I'm the one that creates that quality experience. Yeah. You know, and the and the tweets and the WhatsApp yeah, coming no, in now. Geez. Well done. Oh dear. It's, or, kissy, it's, or, or kissy faces and hearts. No, exactly. But exactly. but at the end of the day, it's about experiences yes. and the quality of experiences that we create. Exactly. You know, um, I mean, we could get into the economics of of yeah. supply and demand, but you let's know, not do that right now. Let's that's another show that, for for next week. It is. It is. And I think that's that's what's wonderful about the technology today is you can personalize. A person's experience. So the traditional approach of one size fits all, as far as our customers are concerned, is very quickly disappearing. Yes. Um, and even in marketing. Yes. You know, you can, for sometimes as little as a hundred bucks, test a very specific marketing message at a very specific audience and see what resonates with them. Um, and so you can, you can suddenly run essentially the same campaign, but with different messages targeted at different, uh, uh potential customers. That's what technology allows you to exactly. do today. And that's, you know, that's the ethos behind a, a lean startup mm. approach. Sometimes, and I think Eric Reese has, has said this himself, he, he feels sometimes he shouldn't have called it lean startup. You know, that, that word startup makes the corporates think, okay. It's, it's not for not, me. That's not for me. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, but from down under, B1, you got anything to weigh in here, bro? How are things looking down that side? I've got lots. I don't think I've ever stayed so quiet in my life for so long. So I mean, that, that alone is already yeah. – it is incredible. Reiterated. So yes. first of all, um, I think the product that Intuit did was TurboTax. That was yeah, the other right. one that they that's came right. out with that was based on the – I'm going to try and repeat that – ethniconography, I don't know, whatever you said. I like it. It is um, a standard-grade version for made you. a funny – <laughs> I'm trying to learn all these Aboriginal names still, so it, I can't even think like that. Wanna gonna lie? Um, but they also made a little card reader. Do you remember the square reader that Jack Dorsey did, and the uh, Absa Pebble? Yeah. Intuit yeah. was behind a, a version of that. But anyway, Mike, your wife will never love you. I'm just picking up on that part of the conversation. Sorry, you broke up you there. What happened? Yeah, sorry, what was that, Brett? <laughs> Did you cut the feed? <laughs> but I still love you. No, but I still love you. <laughs> but here's, here's my question for Justin, okay, and, and given that we are talking about Agile and what I've been experiencing. I've had the privilege for the last week. Um, he's actually an ex-South African, and I'm going to arrange to get him on the show because I really do believe this guy will blow us all away. But he set up workflow processes that drill down to the level that it sends you an automatic email. Like after the first time we met – it extracted from the calendar entry, like, hi, Brett, good to meet you at the Hilton today. So that, that came out of the calendar. And then while we were in the meeting, he was using an iPad, but he was writing notes with, like, almost bullet points. Brett said he'll do this. Roger said he'll do that. And then it put that into the email. So it, it totally automated the email as the follow-up document from the very first meeting and the action points. Now, that's workflow, which obviously – well, not obviously, Justin, I mean, that's a question. Would you say that workflow and, and workflow dynamics and efficiency go hand-in-hand hand with Agile? And it's a double-edged question because the problem that I have with both of those, it still requires humans to actually do something. And that seems to be the challenge I've always come across. Sure. So I think workflow is about um, automation. It's about efficiency. Um, and, right. and agile itself is essentially also about efficiency, but it's not necessarily about automation, um, or, or, or workflow. So I think, and this is maybe something I should have said up front. Agile is specifically focused, uh, currently 
very focused around the practices around actually developing a product. Mm. Um, and Lean Startup uses Agile almost as the delivery mechanism. Um, and it then also includes things like customer development, um, which is almost more centered around the business sort of stuff. So, so Agile, Lean Startup uh, are two almost um, uh, practice areas, if you, if you like. Whereas I see workflow as a capability. Yeah. Um, okay. one's, one's sort of developmental and the other one's more operational, would you say? So the yeah. workflow is very much about once it's going. Yes, exactly. So, so you can absolutely do everything that that workflow can do manually, if yeah. you like. Or the automated side of it, yes. And then you can start to automate and figure out which pieces are, are worth automating yes. you know, um, to drive the, the efficiencies and the scalability. Um, and Agile is the process you would use to do that development. So as you're learning, you're improving the quality of your product using an Agile-based methodology to do the physical yeah. development of the workflow product or solution. Exactly. Uh, B1, on the back of your sort of uh, example there of the automated email that follows a meeting or follows something, there, there are humans that are involved in the first touch point, and then there's an automated email response. Um, I had an experience where there was s- such a workflow, and all of a sudden the humans didn't or they forgot that that workflow had an automated email that came to me. So I was, I was, I was informed in a different direction to the humans. So when I touched base with the humans or replied to them based on a, an email that I didn't know was automated, I later found out, um, there's a disconnect. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing yeah. to have an optimized workflow or a better automated service, but it needs to enable human to human contact. Mm. It shouldn't yes. disable. Uh, the Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so it's very key not just to have the the automated services in place. It's, it's you got to have that contact. That's maybe where your artificial intelligence. I think that's where I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's where I think I was getting to it as well. I mean, I, you remember when we when we looked at Amy nearly yes. a year ago? Okay, Amy Ingram. Now I saw it. Yeah. Now I just saw the announcement. The enterprise version is now out. So he's evolved it from his little basement in New York sending emails to now having a fully-fledged enterprise version in a year. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to carry on on, on workflow and automation, but the point is, is exactly what you've just said, is that the number of times Amy messed up mm. meant that it was actually more work for us as humans yeah. fixing it. You know, I'd get like a phone call, an email or something saying, um, I actually tried to phone Amy and she doesn't exist. Now that takes uh, more time to so, explain. So Amy is an artificial intelligence PA. Yeah. So on Agile, okay, the, the, the second part of the question, which is what I was going to, is that workflow is sexy and attractive because it makes people think they can stop being people, okay? Mm-hmm. But it does kind of go against the fact of being agile and being efficient, which I think is what Justin obviously specializes in. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is how do you make humans be efficient? You, you, know, you know, it's only as good as Without what you put into whip. it is what I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without using the whip or threat. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, you've got to look at the task that's being performed, right? So is there any cognitive action required, i.e. someone needs to think about the next step? Mm. I think as long as that is there, well, let me not say as long, because obviously artificial intelligence is coming where that cognitive ability is being developed. So currently, if there's some cognitive requirement in a step, whether it's you know, a workflow, building something, whatever the case might be, that requires humans. I don't think trying to automate that is where you're going to run into trouble, I think, today. Um, that's changing rapidly with the advancement of, of uh, you know, artificial intelligence and deep learning and that sort of stuff. You, you're going to start being able to offload those cognitive uh, um, pieces of work 
to a machine eventually. Yeah, okay. But today, I would say that's a risk. Yeah. Right? Um, but the moment there's, there's a non-cognitive piece of work required, uh, and whether it's routine-based work or even manual-based work with, with machinery today, that's where you can drive efficiency yeah. through you know, technology, whether it's yeah. a robot, yeah. a, a workflow, whatever. And that's what we were talking about on the show last yes. week was the, uh, the future of machine learning yeah. and how the bandwidth yeah. of humans versus we've got a couple like 10 bits per second or something, if we've yeah. got a 10 terabyte per absolutely. second. Exactly. And a, a machine can have up to trillions of, of bytes of information yeah, going absolutely. through. So, I mean, we, we're looking at that right now in our business, right? We're looking at um, outbound selling. And so... You, you look at a lot of the sales and marketing activity happening today and being, being promoted uh, on, online. It's all about automation. It's all about yeah. you know, driving yeah. huge numbers, yeah. collecting Absolutely. the data, yeah. changing your campaign and that sort of thing. But once you're dealing directly with a human, so, so, so that works really well where I'm trying to create awareness and I'm trying to bring people to me. Yes. But once I make that contact… Yeah. Now it starts to get context specific. It needs to be yeah. personalized. Relevance all that sort is of critical. Stuff. Yeah. Now suddenly the workflow breaks down. Okay. Can, can, can I take a step back to, we, we spoke about the, the future of learning and, and, and the kids and, and, you know, we stuck in a world where matric is probably going to become irrelevant because everything that we do here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm still slow. I'm trying and I'm to convince praying. my wife and yeah. daughters. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, 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 you know, what, what we're talking about here is, is the world, um, has, and, and in fact, it was Kevin Kelly who, who wrote about the 12 forces that will yes. impact us over the next that was 30 terrifying. years. terrifying. We must tweet uh, that out, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what, he, what he was saying is there's this huge amount of information and our ability to absorb this information, respond. You know, it, it's not like a, a letter that we would send from the US to, 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 Amer- uh, uh, to the UK that would take Six months just to get there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's moving at such a pace. What is the impact of of you know you, these guys coming through that you're seeing um, their ability to think in an agile way? Because it's a, it's you know thinking is an habitual process. The critical mm-hmm. thinking, the problem solving, the, the problem yeah. solving yeah. thinking. Because it's it's key. It's not my ability to remember that Mr. Rattray was involved in Natal in in 1925 mm-hmm. in a yeah. history lesson or yeah, a geography yeah. lesson. What, what is your experience around how people are thinking and how they're applying a thought process in a world that is changing at such a pace? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think this is where the tools come in, right? Um, so, so the nice thing about a design thinking-based approach is you kind of start really wide and you, yeah. you think of you know, any possible and, and sometimes totally contradictory ideas and or solutions to a problem. Um, and then you start to narrow your focus as you're gathering the data. And so, and, and this is where the experimental uh, uh, um, sort of tools and approach comes in, where you start thinking about, okay, it comes back to that build, measure, learn. So what am I trying to learn? Yeah. I'm trying to solve this problem. So what data do I need to inform a decision around solving this problem? And so, so it doesn't take away the creativity. I think a lot of people have got that wrong where they, where they look at lean startup or design thinking, well, maybe less design thinking. That's still a very creative process, but, but they look at uh, you know, Agile and they look at Lean Startup and they think of it as not creative and it stifles yeah. innovation and it stifles thinking. And that's not true. You still start with a creative idea. You still start with, hey, you know, what if I could use, I don't know, apples to make cars, whatever. Yeah. Um, you then start the process of, okay, so how would I test it? How yes. would I actually get to understand whether it's, this is possible? And then the process kicks in and you exactly. start to – you know, run a test, run an experiment, whatever you want to call it, gather data, and then inform the decision that you're going to make from there. Yes, this works. No, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, I'll give you a quick example. We worked with one of the big banks towards the end of last year. 
six ideas. They were looking to fund traditional approach. You know, these projects would have got yeah. anywhere from 10 to 50 million. And in a case, in a matter of six weeks, we invalidated two of the ideas. One had to go back to the drawing board and three got funded. And that's tough, eh? That's so you've yeah. got to realize at what point do you say, this is not going to work, guys. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's the robust conversation that needs to follow. Absolutely. And so it was still a very creative process. You know, yeah. we took them from starting off with, okay, well, he has this problem. How many ideas could we come up with? And then, you know, you, more people in the room, more ideas. Eventually, you filter it down to the one idea that you start to test. And invalidate the you know the overall concept if you have to. And do you find by that using that sort of process that the expectations of the team are sort of better managed throughout that? So everybody sort of comes to re- the realization at the same time, yeah, this isn't really going to work that well. Yeah, I think that's the most exciting part about our work. Firstly, people yeah. enjoy the process; it's it's fun, it's creative. But at the same time, you you get to a result at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's not you know a lot of the a lot of the sort of thought leaders in the startup space, especially, like to say, oh, you got a crap idea. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't uh, look at your idea. I let the data inform you, and yeah. you decide for yourself that you've got a crap idea. <laughs> yeah, I come to that realization. You see them when the shitty yeah. dog stare happens, and then, and they and go then I'm still a nice guy at the end of the day. You know, I didn't tell you your idea was a crap idea. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of your success, because uh, you know every failure that you have becomes a success effectively. Because yeah. the shorter you can make the process of someone actually learning the lessons and opting out. Mm. I mean, just the emotional pain, the financial costs. Oh, yeah. And 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 probably, you know, when you start a new business, the first thing you've got to do is ask your wife. You know, and the amount of marriages you actually save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how successful have you been in terms of these, these, these businesses? So, I mean, I'll take you a step back. That is probably the hardest part of what we do yeah. is um, we'll engage a guy who's been going for a year, two years, um, Sometimes self-funding himself for that stage, yeah. spent a couple of hundred thousand, sometimes even one or two million. And within days, literally, of working with us, they come to the realization they don't have a business. And you can literally see on the guy's face the disappointment. <laughs> yeah, right? shame, man. Uh, we often, I mean, I can show you, you know, we do reviews with our customers and I can show you written reviews where guys say, geez, I wish I'd known this a year or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's the hardest part of what we do is facing people and, and that realization and they've spent this time and money. But at the same time, we have guys say, geez, I've just done in two days or five days what, what would have taken me months. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, so, you call yourselves, I mean, you guys accelerate a lot of those innovations mm, and those opportunities. Mm, mm. Um, I'm just going to bring Gareth into the conversation because he's sitting in the chair and you might hear him laughing in the background because some of this is quite real. <laughs> no, I was just listening to you guys outside. And um, I mean, I love this. This is the kind of stuff that I think everybody's excited about. Yeah. The, yeah. These days, everyone wants to be in this space, but it's really bloody when you're at the coalface and it's a lot tougher than people think and telling them the truth is is very much more difficult than people think you could bullshit them you could clap and say oh this is great it's just maybe your timing is wrong instead of being honest with them yeah but you have to be honest with them and in the long run they will thank you for it yeah absolutely i mean so i say we don't try and tell a guy that the idea is crap but uh, sometimes they don't even want to listen to the data and then you've got to be just hold hold the mirror up and you've got to say listen Look there. Yeah. It's not just me. Yeah. You can see for yourself this this thing's not going to work. Um, and so you absolutely, you're right. It is hard. Um, but I think the process in itself, as people are starting to become more comfortable with it, yeah. they they start to see, hey, wait, but wait a minute. Just because this idea is crap doesn't mean it's the end. Yes, I've killed yeah. something really quickly. Yeah. So now let me try something else. What's yeah. the new opportunity? And so we've got plenty of examples of guys that have started with one idea with us and they've gone on to something totally different and yeah. now suddenly they, they, they're having success. Exactly. So that, that again is rewarding. So I was in a, I was interviewed earlier this week and uh, one of the things that came up in the interview was 
does in, does innovation breed opportunity or does opportunity breed innovation? And I think it's a continuous cycle, yeah, which is yeah, why yeah, things yeah. like agile and yeah. that exist. Um, what is the sort of thinking though of young graduates, startups, or any sort of entity with a, a new startup idea saying, hey, I've got this great innovative idea and I'm just looking for the opportunity to do it. Or on the flip side, they've got opportunity waiting for innovation. How do you deal with innovation versus opportunity? Jeez. How's um, that for a fun question? Yeah. Go for it. Gatling, go. <laughs> I'm kind of sorry I walked in now. Excuse me. I'm going to get out before you ask me well, something for like stopping. That. Uh, thanks for stopping by, Gareth. Good luck. So I suppose, again, it just comes down to saying, well, let's let's try and validate the opportunity. All right. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, I don't like to get into any of these kind of what I'd call religious wars. I think uh, people will have their, their point of view. Our, our focus is just can we help you determine really quickly um, and, and really efficiently uh, whether this thing has legs, whether yeah. it's got merit. And, you know, you may go through several cycles of, of sort of validating that, hey, this thing is there and then still end up at a, at a point where you realize, but, okay, I can get some customers. I can make some money out of this, but I can't scale this thing. So, so do I dial back my, my sort of aspirations from, hey, I wanted to build a 100 million rand business to, yeah. okay, it's going to be a 5 or 10 million rand business? Or do I now say, okay, cool, this is not going to be a 100 million rand business. I'm not happy with a 10 million rand business, so let's, let's can this thing and start with the, the next idea. And some of the, the great stories, and I know B1's got some, some input here just now, but some of the great stories are – uh, things like Airbnb and Instagram and how they, yeah. they built this great – they used this innovative new idea with technology that maybe existed. They just packaged it really well, mm. saw the opportunity, and it grew. But they weren't really ready to innovate further, to, to be agile enough to grow with the opportunity. And I think that's, that's in itself is some of the, the pitfalls that young startups and young in, uh, yeah. innovators and opportunistic uh, graduates don't really think of that much. So it's great that uh, – Places like Igniter exist to help mm-hmm. them guide through that. Yeah. Um, B1, what you got to say down there, bro? Yes. Um, I'm just listening, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I am loving uh, that makes one the whole you, concept. And, and <laughs> well, I mean, Gareth left us already. I don't know if he's still there, <laughs> but um, he, here's a question, okay, or well, maybe an assumption. Yes. Um, we're talking about startups, we're talking about agile, we're talking about good ideas, maybe they're not good ideas. What is the percentage, and this is obviously a question for Justin, but Justin, what's the percentage of existing established businesses that are actually coming to you and saying, hey, we, we might be missing the boat or actually falling off it? Yeah. You know, in other words, do the, do the behemoths and these, the, the, the big companies that we have actually need to start looking at agile as well to stay relevant because of the startups and actually streamline and do what they need to do? Yeah, so yeah, I might uh – I might get myself into some trouble. <laughs> we'll help You're allowed to. That's what our show is all about. So, uh, so this is a personal uh, point of view. So I've been fortunate in my career um, to be sort of at the at the forefront of new technology. So in fact, you know, I was exposed to Agile back in 2003 already. Um, you know, SOA in 2005, six somewhere around there. Cloud computing around 2007. Yeah. So, so I've I've been fortunate enough to be at, at sort of the forefront of a lot of technologies as they've hit South Africa. Mm. And consistently, I find South African companies are really slow to to take up this this the new technology. There's this yeah. resistance to change. Yeah. Um, and so, to be perfectly honest, we're not finding guys coming running. Um, there's some interest. I think design thinking certainly some of the guys are starting to to um, 
to perk some interest in that. Mm. But I think we're still at the really early stages in South Africa of companies doing this. So, you know, most of my time is spent actually just educating, for lack of a better word, uh, the, the big guns mm. um, and even the startups. You know, a lot of the guys, if I compare, obviously, you know, San Francisco is the, the mecca. Um, but just the language that yeah. they use there, you know, you, mm. you're not spending time explaining concepts or ideas to them. They've read the books. They've read as many books as we have. They understand the stuff. They, they're looking for the, the guidance, the help, the, the sort of, okay, how do I do this more efficiently? Yeah. Whereas locally, the guys just haven't even read the books. You know, they, they'll have maybe read one or two and, and yeah. now think they understand the concept and they yeah. think they know how to apply it. Yeah. And then when they mess up. They're not ready for it. Then they blame the concept. Yeah. It's so it's fault. Agile's fault or yeah. it's Lean's fault. This, this stuff is crap. It doesn't work. Yeah. But actually, but that's, what I was, that's what I was actually getting to, yeah, Justin, as yeah. well. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Is that that is probably why we're seeing. I mean, I think, Mark, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about Kodak. Yeah. You know, that, and, and they're going. Now, if you look at Mobile World Congress, which is on as we speak, that's right. what's going to come out as the handset of the show is the Nokia 3310. Yeah. Okay. Here's a company eight day battery that life. owned everything, they did everything. I think it's a month battery. And then they disappeared and became totally irrelevant uh, because they didn't adopt. Sorry, well. Brett. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah you know, I was going to say. Um, now, it scares me that the South African companies are, are following their trade or rather staying in their trade. I mean, I remember that. I haven't been gone that long. But they do need to adopt these modern and agile processes yeah. or they are going to be gone. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why it doesn't get through to them. So I think on the technology side, uh, a lot of companies have started to apply Agile. So I think certainly there you'll find uh, the big telcos and banks and insurance companies are, are applying Agile. I'm not sure, I, I have no facts for this, whether it's being applied universally across the entire organization. So if you take one of the big banks, you'll find pockets where they're applying Agile, but I think you'll find pockets where they're still very much a waterfall approach. And the challenge with this being only adopted by, by technology is that essentially their process is still waterfall. They've just yeah. learned to agile, ag, apply an agile process within one piece of going from idea to full commercialization and yeah. ultimately sort of end of laughing something. So they are doing some elements of agile. But, but that's certainly, kind of drudge-sitting though. It's kind of dangerous. They've got yeah. a foot in both camps and they're sort of hoping something will happen. Well, what we're finding is there's still this massive disconnect between IT and business. Yes. Right? So I remember yeah. in late 90s, early 2000s, Gartner reports and Forrester reports about the big thing is you know, business and IT alignment. It's still an issue today. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be an issue until yeah. you break down the silos. And I, I, I think just – Listening to the, the show today, I've just identified a new business opportunity. It's going to be called Agile Culture because that's where it starts. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, it's a big issue. And I think it's that's a- the key thing is, is less focus on Agile or Lean or design thinking. Those are just tools. They're mechanisms. I think it's, it requires a cultural change to the way that organizations work. Yeah. They need to start thinking about how can I – apply a more iterative approach to what I'm doing yes. or, or change my thinking about what I'm doing because yeah. the reality is, sorry to interrupt you, Justin, no, but the good. reality is these guys are, are bleeding money high and dry. Mm. Smart mm. competition mm. is eating their lunch. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're going to run out of bandwidth very yeah. quickly. The runway is getting very, very short. Uh, yeah. And that's why I think it's less about the tools. Just you know, yeah, quite agree. It's the, it's the culture. It's the thinking. It's more about fulfilling the need. Yeah. You yeah. know, how, how, how can we change the way we work to improve the output at the end of the day? Yeah. Cool. Well, we've got, we're 
getting to the end of the show. We've got about 15 or so minutes left of the show. I'd like to sort of focus this side. I'm like, how does this all change tomorrow? What does business start to look like from here on out if we start to, in a perfect world, or in your sort of forecasting, where are we going? What's changing? And what does it look like when we get there? Um, yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot of this uh, thinking around KPI still. Where everybody's got to be judged against some sort of standardized performance rating. And that doesn't necessarily work in a world of, of agile and iterative thinking where innovation is critical and opportunities abound. Mm. Um, but you also need to understand which opportunities to jump at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends how far down the road we look, right? Um, I think go for it. It's a futurology show. Yeah, I think yeah. the organization. You know, organization. That, that was a silly comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you read the brief? <laughs> yeah. I don't read well. Uh, I can't it's read. That, it's that matric thing, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, that matric thing. Uh, in fact, my English teacher made me read a matric book to the class. She knew it was the only way I was going to read the book. Uh, so um, KPI, baby. Yeah. So yeah. look, I think process flow. I think um, certainly if you look at the millennials coming through and that sort of thing, we've got to change the way we work. Um, the expectations there are very different. Uh, and so there's a myriad of things of which lean and agile and this are, are just, again, components or tools of it. You know, there's um, – I think you're moving towards a world where you need to um, provide an environment that allows people to be autonomous, um, you know, to be sort of self-forming. Um, where teams are formed and, uh, um, you know, assembled and disassembled based mm-hmm. on a specific need that's been catered for at the time. I think, um, you know, big monolithic organizations are going to fall away and you're going to have yeah. far more sort of nimble organizations that expand and contract based on whatever challenge they're trying to fulfill at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And so with that, uh, yeah, I think K- KPI driven sort of approach becomes a lot harder. Mm. Um, I think if you start to allow people autonomy um, and allow them sort of that ability to define work for themselves, you're going to get a lot more out of people. Um, but that, I mean, we, this is now a religious debate, right? You're going you're yeah. to get all Everybody's school. right and everybody's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think there's lots of examples. But I'm, of I'm just more right than you. <laughs> yeah. you not. Yeah. Only half the time. <laughs> Only half the time. So it's about relinquishing power. I think uh, big organizations today, often people see their power as how big is my budget and how many people do I control. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And those words alone should tell you that's a problem. Um, yeah. And I think over time, um, they'll realize that it's about influence. Yeah. And influence is about leadership. Yeah. Um, and that's a very different way of doing business. But what yeah. happens in the sort of KPI-driven, the current status of things, is mm-hmm. that I've got a KPI, and you, you as my sort of uh, superior, you've got a KPI that mm-hmm. depends on me meeting mine. Yeah, uh, it's this, what's it, the chain of shit that rolls downhill, <laughs> and you know everybody's got to have somebody to shout at. Um, yeah. But there's this, there's this unrealistic expectation from the top down yeah. Um, and it depends on what sort of pyramid scheme you find yourself in. Uh, you, you end up having somebody that doesn't win. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great for the team. It's not great for the overall brand or business that product service, whatever it is that you're trying yeah. to achieve. Um, and that needs to start changing. And there's so many, I posted something on Facebook, this, and I think it came from a, a B3 posted it. Brayton Claire put, uh, old, old way of thinking, a new way of thinking in, in business where, mm. yeah. It identifies employees as assets, not as resources. Yeah, yeah. All these things. And there's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the comments I got was, um, it's such a shame if only that were true. And I was like, well, it is true. We face opportunities to, to adopt new ways of thinking every day, every moment. It depends yeah. on how we react to things. Mm-hmm. And it really does come down to not just this 
glossy idea of the future. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah. idea of something that we can change today. We have an opportunity to, to look at Absolutely. employees as somebody that adds value to the team. And it starts with the thinking and HR mindset, which is if somebody's really not engaging to a point where they add value to a business brand product service, what the hell are they doing there? Yeah. They doing? And I think Absolutely. that's what I love about Lean Startup and I love about Agile is that you've, you've got the ability to pivot with people, with opportunities, with product. Absolutely. And I think that's critical. I'm kind of summing up yeah. sort of the, the thing, but it really is about understanding the new opportunities that exist within a new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that quote a, a while back that if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Yeah. Yes. And Absolutely. new business is going to fail because they're not going to adopt that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm getting off no, my soapbox, but no, uh, no, no, it's good. I, I, I think it's a good point. But I, I just want to ask you, Justin, the dark side of all of this because there's two sides to dum, everything. Dum, 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 and it's not to to take away from the process. And I, I look at Twitter. You know, it's a phenomenal platform. It's got its 350 odd million users or whatever it is. They're trying to sell themselves off, um, but they're they're in trouble. And, and, and all the analysts are looking at them and they're screaming at them and saying it's not good enough. The profits are not big enough. Yeah. And it's a profitable company. You know, they're, they're making good money. Money, yeah. You, you know, so there's nothing wrong with what they're generating. They've just had too much investment in them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just wanted to ask you, what, what are your thoughts about, cause you see this big time in, 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 in the, um, tech in, space. Yeah, in the yeah, tech yeah. space, in Silicon Valley. It's like we've got our seed funding, we've got our angel funding, we've got our, you know, and, and they progress and they progress all aiming for that IPO. Yeah. Twitter's done it, but it's still a dog's breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I think that's touching on a very different subject to, to lean or agile. I think, um, that goes back to sort of investment philosophies. Um, there, the value is not necessarily for the user or the customer, but for the investor. And so, you know, that investor wants the 10x, the 1,000x return. Um, And I think from an investment philosophy point of view, you know, in the last decade, maybe two in in Silicon Valley especially, there's this kind of, um, uh, you know, not first to market, but who, who's the first guy that dominates? Yeah, right? this exponential yeah. growth. Yeah, and so so the the investment is often there to fuel the company to keep going, and the the profits will come later. Is the kind of mindset. Yeah, I mean Uber is a fantastic example right now. Um, Just they're burning, huh? Absolutely, sure. and, and I mean the 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 jury's still out on whether they're actually going to succeed at the end of the day or not. You know, they they're so reliant on a couple of other uh, yeah. technologies coming to the fore, you know, rather sooner than later, that if those things take too long to happen, um, and even legislation, right? So there's legislation yeah, that prevents them at this stage. And if those things don't change, Uber, Uber ends up failing. The, the, the context isn't ready for the solution. Yeah. Yeah, and that, exactly. That's a problem. And I think that's, that's a fundamental shift that's happened, right, is that um, I can't remember who did the research, but there was some research done where they looked at um, – what were the most critical factors in, in companies being successful? And at the time of this research, and again, please don't quote me, it may be 10 years old already, um, the, the number one factor was timing. Yeah. So you yes. could have a great idea. Um, With the right people. Poor execution, <laughs> but if the timing was right, you could still be successful. Um, or you could have you know, a really poor idea, 
great execution, but if the timing was right, you could still end up being successful. So, yeah. so it was all around the timing was actually the really critical component. Yeah, Ma- Ma- Malcolm Gladwell wrote about that, the 10,000-hour principle. It was in that When you become out. an expert. Yeah. So that's about uh, that's more about the amount of time no, invested? No, he, he spoke about the timing of Bill Gates yeah. and, oh, okay. and Steve Jobs, cool. etc. But he said, you know, the success that they had was was chiefly due On timing. to timing. Yeah. The fact that they did their 10,000, great. Yeah, that helped. But but it, they could have still done the ten thousand hours if the timing was wrong. They sure. wouldn't. They wouldn't have been there. Yeah, and that's where we get our T-shirts to say, "I'm a ten-year overnight success." Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where <laughs> this cool. new investment philosophy has maybe changed that thing, where it's yeah. like, okay, we don't, we almost don't care about the timing as much as, hey, there's something here, let's so let's just keep day. fueling it, yeah. and we hope that we'll generate a, a profit yeah. at the end of the day. And so, you know, I, th- I think that skews the the timing thing a bit at the moment, and and that's a pity because that's where I think. Design and, and, yeah. and lean startup help is because because you're engaging directly with customers mm. and you you're having to validate all the components of your business model before you try and scale it. Mm. Um, you get a sense of whether your timing's on or not, yeah. and so you get a sense of whether okay, am, is this thing ready to scale or not? As yeah. opposed to, I figured out a way to bring a lot of people to me very quickly, so I forget about all the other fundamentals of my business model and I'll just pump all the money I can yeah. into attracting people. Yeah. And hopefully I can, I can, in the process of doing that, get big enough that at some point I can figure out how to monetize it. Yeah. And so that's a different, that's a different conversation to sort of lean startup or agile or, or design thinking. Those are tools to help develop the product. For sure. Absolutely. This other thing I think is an investment philosophy. Yeah. Um, You've also got to be careful we don't breed a, a sort of generation of incubation seekers. All they that, want to do is be incubated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just going to sit in their laurels because I've got my CDA funding. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be there as a as a as a fire to Support amplify and accelerate. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is a lot of the guys that are really chancing that I'm saying, hey, we're funded. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, and and that's a I think it's a problem in South Africa. Certainly, again, I, you know, I keep saying in South Africa because that's my that's my point of reference, right? Yeah. Um, it may be true in other regions as well. But certainly, uh, it's a challenge we're seeing here where guys are looking for funding to get their idea off the ground. And my favorite sort of quote at the moment is, say, look at the Inc. 500, right? That's the fastest growing, yeah. 500 fastest growing companies in the U.S. Mm. The stat at the moment is only one in five are externally funded. Yeah. So only one in yes. five are getting money from a VC or joining an accelerator program or something like that. And that's the 500 fastest growing. Yeah. So for all the success that Y Combinator and the likes have – there's still a small number okay. in relation to the so, other guys that are being successful. That's a fascinating stat. Yeah. And so, you know, I keep telling guys, first get the business up and running, then worry about the investment. You know, a program yeah. like ours is there to, you know, help you make better decisions along that process. Yeah. But we're not the only answer or the answer. There's several answers. Yeah. We just happen to be one of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And certainly sitting back on your butt and doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's never worked, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Innovation and opportunity when chasing profits without fulfilling the need, it seems to be an empty sort of an actual thing. It's, yeah. You've got to be fulfilling the need first, and if it's successful, money comes. Yeah. It's 100%. Well, it depends what need you're fulfilling, right? And I think yeah. that's what we're seeing with, with companies like Twitter and, and Uber and that sort of thing is they're fulfilling a need, absolutely. But are they fulfilling it sufficiently enough that people will pay enough to make them profitable yeah, yeah. or highly profitable? And that's the question, right? Is there enough value that I can derive sufficient profit from this thing? So there's plenty of examples of things that are – there's a need, but people yeah. just aren't willing to pay for it, right? I mean, some is conditioning, email today, people don't want to pay. Um, but absolutely, 
you know, I think if you go back and have started a process where you pay for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, in the beginning, you did pay. I think Google made it free, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends on the value. Um, the perceived value is yeah, well Absolutely. It's perceived value. That's yeah. entirely what it is. Yeah. I'll only pay X for something I because I perceive it. It, it has that value. Yeah. So uh, we are in the last five minutes of the show. Thank you very much again for joining us. Um, we're going to shoot to B1 for the wrap-up of the thought. Get going on that thought, B1. I'm going to drop the bus your way today. Um, but <laughs> the idea here is I've called it the age of experience that we're moving into yeah. or we've moved into. It's not so much about the tech or the innovation of the stuff. We've, As society and humans, we've kind of accepted it or assimilated all this tech into our lives. Now it's about what it can do for us. How does it make us feel? What do, what do we do? Yeah. Um, humans then become the context for design thinking rather than societal big issues um so i like that thought i don't know if you kind of agree with that but i I think it's good i'd like uh you maybe just to say where do you hope where do you see it or hope it's going to go in the next five to ten gee i haven't applied my mind that much to to it um (laughs) definitely didn't read the brief (laughs) (laughs) so i think uh, certainly yeah (laughs) i mean if i look at at um where we're trying to go right is we're trying to certainly create a culture in the organization of continuous learning i think uh in the in the age that we are today people owe it to themselves with access to technology and that to constantly be learning but at the same time remember you know to focus on yourself i think we get lost in in the day-to-day we get lost in the too much information and we actually forget about looking after ourselves and you know i personally went through an experience the last two years uh, well, I forgot to do that and I've, and I've realized the importance of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think ultimately a more socially collaborative society, I think, is where we need to go, mm. where it's less about yeah. me and uh, the maximum value I can extract yeah. and, you know, what's the impact and value I can give to, the, to my society or the people around me. And I think that's ultimately going to be where success comes in the future. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Justin, from uh, Igniter, joining us today, talking us about agile, lean startups, design thinking, a whole bunch of great, amazing things that have going to open the door to numerous topics in the future. So I look forward to having you. I think we look forward to having you yeah, on the show again. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Mike, thanks for being in studio as always, sir. Thank you. Been yes. lovely to be here again. And uh, yeah, I think we've got some really exciting shows coming up. I think we uh, do. Th- thanks for listening, those of you that are out there. And uh, B1 from Down Under, give us your thought for the day and wrap us up, buddy. All right. So I was listening to the concluding comments there, which is what I was thinking. And the bottom line is that we'd be talking about agile and creative thinking. And the one thing I've learned is that creatives and finance people don't work well together. So this is probably (laughs) the one time that you can think and come up with brilliant ideas and then only have to go and ask for the money afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my thinking on agile. As opposed to starting with a budget, we start with a solution. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. And until so, next week. Can I wrap it up? Go for it. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliffcentralrevolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.